you have been making waves on TikTok, on Instagram, um, repurposing over 3 million videos. That blew my mind. I'm not gonna lie, that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, so the idea of repurpose is to take your content, allow creators to publish to one of their, their go-to platform, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and then our software will automatically grab it and distribute it everywhere else, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. So you're just focusing on one platform, but you're still getting exposure across all the platforms. I remember sitting on my parents' couch with a piece of paper and I just drawing blocks, like, okay, you know, this YouTube can do this and then whatever, whatever. I was drawing block diagrams and I was like, normally you have to ask them for their username and password. And some customers don't want to give their YouTube name and password. We're, so, we're working on a way where you can just send them a link. They connect all their social media channels to your account so that they don't have to give you the password, but you they authentic, authenticate to repurpose directly. Stuff like that to make it easier, make the process easier for agencies to get their clients on. Hello and welcome to Hustle Over Everything Podcast. This is a podcast where we receive stories, tips, and tactics from entrepreneurs who have done it. Today, we're here with the CEO of Repurpose.io, Hani Mora. How you doing, man? I'm doing amazing, man. Thanks yeah. for having me here. Yes, Appreciate it. Appreciate I see it. you. Yes, 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 yes. All yes. right, all right. So you have been making waves on TikTok, on Instagram, um, repurposing over 3 million videos. Mm -hmm. That blew my mind. I'm not going to lie. That blew my mind. <laughs> That's actually insane. All right. So talk to us about what Repurpose does so the audience can have a background for, for the people who don't know. Yeah. So the idea of Repurpose is to take your content, allow creators to publish to one of their, their go-to platform, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then our software will automatically grab it and distribute it everywhere else. Snapchat, mm -hmm. Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. So you're just focusing on one platform, but you're still getting exposure across all the platforms. Yeah. Mm. What I love about it too is that it removes the the uh, thumbnail, the watermark, thumbnail, the watermark, the watermark yes. off of the the post as well. Yes. That that's, was genius. That's important. I, yeah. That's important, right? You know, it looks like original. It's still your content, original content. Yeah. But it goes out as you know without any watermark. That was so interesting. I was like, that was one of the ones that I was like. What the hell did you make this happen? Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, it's on the video. It's, it's on the video. Like, they don't make it. They don't take it out for you. Like, I'm yeah. like, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's that's kind of like, to be honest, like, if we backtrack a bit, that was one of the biggest problems on TikTok, like, biggest repurposing problems on yeah. TikTok. People were saying, how do I get the video without the watermark? And then I want to push it out everywhere. And when I got onto TikTok a couple of years ago, I started literally just watching, like, what's... What are people struggling with? What what's what they're trying to do on TikTok? You're just consuming the content. Yeah, I was consuming for a while, yeah. and then I realized it was this trend of, hey, here's a good tip on how to remove watermark, how to remove watermark. Go here, copy here, do this, and I was all these manual steps. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a second, I wonder if I can automate this in repurpose, and that's mm -hmm. kind of how that that feature grew about a year and a half ago. It's just yeah. Yeah. watching, consuming, and then from there, deciding. You know what? We can we have a better solution or easier solution and, mm. and fully automated too. Most definitely. So let's go back a bit. Yeah. You know, tell us about where you're from. Yeah. I was born in Kuwait and I uh, moved to Canada when I was like 13 years old. Actually, I was there during the Gulf War when it happened. Wow. And, uh, like literally woke up and there was like jet fighters out the window and like, it's like, all right, everyone stay home. Mm -hmm. Don't leave. Um, and uh, from there kind of two months to kind of figure out where we're going. We, took off we got to the u.s stayed with my uncle for a few months then we came to canada u.s canada bounce around for a couple of years we finally settled here wow. in canada so and who did you move with like so your parents do you have any siblings or yeah yeah like my that? brothers like i had two brothers my parents my cousins and my my, my grandparents were all there mm -hmm. we're all living in kuwait and then we all actually ended up living in canada together it's amazing and wow. uh, and we all had kids and our kids are growing up together. So it's kind of cool, kind of a family community. Multiply. Yeah, like, community yeah. like Easter and Thanksgiving is like 40 people at my house or my cousins. It's a lot. I know that but food, it's a lot of that fun. That food though. must be going crazy yeah. though. Oh, like the Palestinian food like oh, is, yeah. goes insane, man. Yeah, like that Arabic, platter. All kinds of food, rice and meat. Yeah, it's, all, it's a lot of family and a lot of people. It's, it's, it's chaotic, but yeah. you yeah. look back and you appreciate those moments. That's Amen. awesome, man. Because to move with that many people really brings you guys together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like to, to travel as a team, as a team, as a, as a squad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like, like on a team, you you become so close. You, Can you imagine? 
helping as a family. Yeah, bro, <laughs> like, take this in. So back in the days, you used to go to Ikea, right? And we're like parked in the parking lot, just like waiting for our parents to come out. This family comes out of this van. We're like, okay, like there's probably like six people in that van. You know, it is what it is. And we continue watching the van, just like one after one person coming out, one after one. I'm like, what is it? And we were like in a van as well too, but like there's about like nine of us, but they had like 18 people in the van. And that's when I realized, like, immigrant families move <laughs> so different. Like, we know how to, like, make things work, mm-hmm. like, come together, make the resources happen, like, a van, like, how to fit everyone together. And no one noticed there's that many people inside. I mean, <laughs> yeah, immigrant lifestyle is different for sure. Yeah, it's true. No, you're tight. Your family's tight. Right? The family's tight, yeah. yeah. So I want to wrap up on, on this, you know, Kuwait story. What was it like living there? Like, give us a, a picture of that episode of your life. Yeah, it was, you know, I grew up, you know, I, was, I mean, pretty much, I guess, like here. I mean, we grew up, we went to a, we went to a private school, so we, went to, we spoke English, which was mm-hmm. fortunate. When we came here, it was a lot easier to transition over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, you know, we had an apartment, three of us, my brothers and I all in one room and my, my parents in the other room. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a good life. I mean, honestly, it was a good life. The best part, I'll be honest with you, I was just talking to my cousin last weekend, we would our weekends were going to the beach mm-hmm. that's all we did go to the beach swim so i'm like i miss the ocean like hey mm-hmm. they don't get to swim in the ocean around here so yeah i loved it it was like simple but it was just again myself my brothers and my cousins every weekend my parents and my uncle would go to the beach and that's you must have a, you must have like a, like a crazy tan back in the day oh my gosh everything was i remember everything hot like, like my golden. dad steering wheel he had like that kind of clock over the steering yes, wheel and yes. the wind is just stinking hot like and everything you can't touch the visor is always the, on top yeah, yeah yeah it just gets crazy hot but uh, it's just all good memories honestly yeah. all good memories and we're fortunate like i said our cousins and parents and everybody all came to canada mm-hmm. and we you know we're here together now okay okay got you so was it hard transitioning from one culture to another uh we did ba- i did bounce around for a couple of years so it was like uh, Kuwait, then u.s and then canada then u.s and then canada just mm-hmm. we finally settled here so and it was during i guess high school yeah beginning of high school so it was a little bit i guess a little bit tough i mean i don't know when you look back you maybe you look at stuff but it, i never i don't know it was just it that was it you just dealt with it and you go with it so i don't i don't feel like oh i had a deprived childhood or growing up struggling it wasn't like that it was just mm-hmm. this is how it is and we always had family and mm-hmm. support and uh was, yeah love cures all good. like once you have that love you don't see any problems that you have yeah like, you, you don't know, i don't look struggle. back and say oh man back. i had a tough childhood, tough childhood. And i couldn't nah, no no it was just it was it we bounced around that was not easy you know making friends in one school and then yeah. next school especially in high school mm-hmm. you know it can get a little tricky but you know grade 11 onwards it was all here mm-hmm. and you know made the friends had my cousins again same school and uh, yeah, like we're all still close. Like that's know. dope, man. All right, now, at what point do you get into um, developing? Because you developed and coded repurpose. So I'm guessing like the real like thread that brought you to repurpose was being able to engineer things. Yeah, so I did computer engineering okay. uh, or electrical engineering at the time at uh, Queens University here in Kingston, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, that was, I knew I wanted something with computers. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. I was just like, okay, I always liked computers, like tinkering. I'm like, let's do the computer engineering. So I did that. It was hard. I wasn't the, the best coder, mm-hmm. but I've noticed, I think in my third or fourth year, it's like, I'm a good, like, let's say architect in a sense. Like, I can see, like, Lego pieces. Okay, if I take this thing and I connect it here, we can build something, like, I was never good at doing it, but good at like you visual. You can see the whole terrain. Seeing, yeah, I can see terrain. it. I can see the vision mm-hmm. and see how it fits together. And I was technical enough to like read the technical docs and understand how it works. Mm-hmm. But again, not the best developer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm being perfectly honest. So, I, well, What was the, <laughs> the mindset, like realization point where you're like, oh, I have that skill? Yeah, I th- well, I've had that. I think it was the first time I had it was we did a fourth year project and uh, a buddy of mine who was my like like my partner who was doing the project with he was a really good developer mm-hmm. and then he would do a lot of the development and then i'll be like what if we do this 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 and he'd be like oh that's an interesting approach so like i and then i felt like you know what i'm contributing without coding i'm mm-hmm. contributing by like the vision of, let's 
make this universal to do whatever. I can't remember what the project was, but the idea was like I was thinking bigger picture and he was very good at diving into the details. And so I realized that I'm like, you know, I have a I have a knack for this. And I like and I like building stuff. Like not as much with my hands, but like I like building stuff with code. Mm. Uh, so but I mean a lot of the the first software we started, I I didn't code it. I didn't get into code. I well I coded a little bit and I hired a developer. Mm. And I used my skills of like literally I remember sitting on my parents' couch with a piece of paper and I just drawing blocks. Like, okay, you know, this YouTube can do this and then whatever, whatever. I was drawing block diagrams and I was like having a blast. Like this is architecting like a house in mm -hmm. a way, right? I was architecting what the software will do and knowing what's possible. Um, and then I would kind of hand off piece by piece to the developers to, okay, build this feature. Now let's build this. And then seeing it all come together to me was the magic. It was just like, mm -hmm. you know, the vision to the paper, to the actual product. I was like, wow, to me, like that was the exciting part. Not like selling the product, but it's like mm -hmm. seeing an idea come to life. That was the coolest thing for me. Mm -hmm. So, so you had like entrepreneurial inclinations just from being a developer or where did that come from? Uh, to start I think, off with. yeah, I mean, I like after university, I was working yeah. as a like developer and then became product project manager. And I was like, I've always good at managing and coordinating and, and coming up with ideas. But, but I, as a kid, I've always loved video. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, we'd all go before anyone had phones, we all film our little video clips and they'd all give it to me and I'll put it all together and sit down and watch the final produced video. I've always loved video. Like as a family, you're watching. As a family, yeah, yeah. Because like we go on a vacation for three or four days. Everyone's yeah. taking their own little clips with their camera, and they're like, "How are we going to show this?" So they give it to me, and I burn it on DVD, make it, you know, like the whole menu and everything, and yeah. then we get together again and watch it, oh, and like man. relive that memory. And I was, I loved it. And then I was like sitting there one day. No, then I started blogging. 2009, I started blogging about video. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Hey, blogging's the thing now." Then oh, it still is now, but more then, and it's like. What's your passion? Video. Let's teach video. And I was like, watch you watching some of my videos. They're horrible. <laughs> but I did teach good stuff, but my quality of video is horrible. But mm -hmm. the point is, I love video. And then I studied computer engineering. And then I started blogging about video and I was excited, but I wasn't, it wasn't my thing. Like it was my thing, but it wasn't the final thing. It wasn't it. It wasn't it. And then one day it occurred to me, I was like, you're a good, like, you know, software conceptualizing yeah so you're a software guy you love video yeah bring it together build a software for video and that's how the first idea before repurpose was born was mm -hmm. uh, a tool for wordpress that took your youtube videos and put them on your blog mm -hmm. and automated that whole process that was like to me that the, that was the starting was point the of, that was the first kind of automation tool yeah, i built money off of it? yeah i actually partnered with somebody because i didn't have the audience back then i was like i built this thing showed it to somebody who i connected with over the over the years and he's like man i like this i have an audience that can buy this we teach youtube courses you have a youtube wordpress plugin let's partner up and sell it mm -hmm. and that's how we kind of we met and he that's how that's when i started saying wait a second not only i like my tools because i'm, I'm building it for myself yeah. initially other people are like getting value out of it i'm like this is cool mm -hmm. um and then you know make some money on it so that's how i started making money and it wasn't it wasn't a lot but the fact that people bought it and loved it that got me like fired up i'm like this is this, this is possible. just the beginning yeah this is just possible. the beginning we're just scratching the surface that's dope. and yeah. that was i want to say that's 10 years ago now it's was 10 years the ago. first tool i built was 10 years ago yeah. um and we built i think four or five before repurpose was born Four, four iterations. Four, no, four different softwares. All same concept. Same concept. A similar concept. One took YouTube to your WordPress blog. Yeah. One took Facebook Lives. One took this platform called Blab, which mm. shut down a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And then the last one was the um, podcast. Oh, we did one for podcasting. It was like audio podcast. Put them on your blog automatically. Mm. So we built kind of a reputation of being the automation guy. Sorry. And then people ask me, hey. Instead of going to WordPress, can you go from one platform to another? Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, we can't do that. And then another person would ask me, like, mm. no, nah, we can't do that. And then enough people ask me, and I'm like, you know what? I think like, I got to do this. I got to try. You know, I got to try. <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's how Repurpose was born. It was yeah. people telling me, 
asking me, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you take a podcast, audio, make it into a video? Mm -hmm. Can you take a Facebook Live and push that to YouTube? I was like, you know what? These are good ideas. And I had no idea what I was doing. Like building a WordPress tool versus building a whole platform, Mm -hmm. completely different skill sets. And, uh, but I had to try. I felt like, like it was like a sign. Like someone was telling me, you got to try. Enough people are asking you, you got to try. And that's how Repurpose was born. So how many iterations did you go from, okay, this is what people want. And at the time, like social media is slowly starting to pick Mm -hmm. up, like Instagram is starting to pick up. People are making clips. Yeah. Walk us through those iterations and the first versions of, okay, now we're getting into vertical video content from not just audio, but actually going into video. So what year was that? And how did it progress until what it is at 2023? That's that's an awesome question. Because repurpose, like that first tool that I, first iteration of repurpose just did one thing. You plugged in your RSS feed or into, you just copied and pasted your RSS feed into the software and you connected your YouTube account and you said, go. And you would, you pick a template and it would take your audio content mm-hmm. and turn, make it into a video with some waveforms and it takes your cover art and put it all in there. And, and then the it, captions and everything. Well, not even captions. This is, we're talking 2016. Like okay. This is before yeah, this even is like captions were like, even like, yeah, yeah. even no one had the idea of putting captions on the video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just an audiogram. I don't know if that's still a term people use now. It's like a picture with your cover art with some graphics on it. But the key is it did it automatically and then it did it. It also uploaded to YouTube. So you publish your next episode to your podcast feed, you know, an hour later, it's on YouTube. You don't have to press any buttons. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, like that was, that was repurposed, just that one feature. Mm-hmm. And then people was like, wow, this is cool. I don't have to do anything. I just got to publish my podcast. Then people start asking, hey, can you do the same thing for Facebook Live? Like Facebook Live was the thing. This, again, 2016, 2017. Hey, we're streaming on Facebook. I want to push the copy to YouTube. I hate downloading it from from Facebook and then uploading it to YouTube. All right, so we built that automation. Connect your Facebook account, build, a, build this, send the YouTube video to Facebook. Sorry, Facebook video to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then, uh, man, I'm trying to think what was the next iteration. It started with just pushing the content as it is. And then people start asking, and I think Gary V was like coming up with all these style was, of videos. With oh, like he the, was going crazy. Yeah, and like title on top and caption. Content, them. content, content. Yeah, Respect. So. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. most definitely, man. Yeah, so it's just, anyway, long story short, it's like an iteration of people just kept saying, I want more. Like, mm-hmm. can, you, can you do clips? Can you make them vertical? Can mm-hmm. you burn captions? Yeah. And then, you know, last year and a half ago, can you do short form videos? Can you take my TikToks and send them here? So it's been an evolution, but the beauty of repurpose, like what makes me excited is that the possibilities are endless. It's not like I have to build a whole new product. I already have the foundation. Mm -hmm. I just connect. We just added Snapchat and then Instagram stories. We just keep connecting and connecting and connecting and connecting, which makes it like there's so many possibilities, which makes me excited. I love it. That's one thing I actually want to talk to you about because with the changing landscape of social media, mm-hmm. it feels like you and Canva and actually content creators are kind of in this this race where it's like a hamster wheel of new update, new feature to try, and it's just a continuous cycle of, oh, I got to do this new thing now. Oh, X is here. All right, X is monetizing. monetizing. Uh, Should mm-hmm. we go on X now? Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. a, like a, a forever hamster wheel. As a company... How do you find, not just balance, but, you know, um, comfort and, you know, consistency throughout that changing landscape? It's, it's tricky. Um, you know, when there was a threat of TikTok being shut down in the U.S. and everywhere else, everyone's kind of jumped ship to Clapper and a few other platforms. And then instantly they come to us, hey, can you integrate Clapper? Can you integrate whatever, Rumble? I've never heard of Clapper. It's like, I, I was, it was like talked about a lot for a few months and then it kind of went away when tiktok's like didn't get didn't get banned yeah. everyone forgot about clapper the grand opening grand closing <laughs> yeah i mean it's still there but it was literally like literally a copy of tiktok like yeah. literally a copy like wow. even like the interface looked like it. anyway the point is you're right it's difficult because things change so quickly mm-hmm. um and then we're bound by what the platforms let us do like when clapper came out they didn't have any way for us to connect to is so people are like integrate clapper go 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 
but we can't. There's no, like, they didn't open up their interface. Right? Yeah. And then threads, like, another example is Instagram threads it came out and the next day. Okay, when can we have thread integration? I'm like, they, it I just emailed, started. <laughs> yeah, they just launched it yesterday. But I emailed our, like, we have a rep at, at Meta. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is there an interface, an API, like an interface we can talk to so mm -hmm. we can integrate? Not yet, not yet. And they can't tell us, yeah. like, what's coming or not coming. So, mm -hmm. I'm hoping it's going to come. I think it will come, but you're right. It's keeping up is difficult, but I mean, like if we had infinite resources, we would build everything. Like we've had plans to integrate Twitch, like live streaming platform, Twitch for a long time. And then once we integrate TikTok, that kind of took off. So we kind of said, okay, let's focus on what's, what's working now. So which is short form video and, mm -hmm. but we still want to integrate Twitch. It's, it's, it's long, short answer is it's very challenging because people want everything and you know we don't have an infinite number of team members that can build everything yeah. um, but we do have an idea board actually which has been a kind of a saving grace mm -hmm. so people come in you can request i features and then other people can vote them vote on them and that helps us like drive oh. focus okay i had 100 people want this feature mm -hmm. let's see if it's a is technically possible and b let's put effort on that so we use that as kind of our guiding and when anybody asks us for a feature, we say, hey, go to the feature board, request it there. Mm -hmm. And while you're there, look at the other features and upvote them if you like them. Mm -hmm. So, and it actually works. We have like a ton of features and then there's a whole bunch to have like, you know, 150, 70 uh, upvotes. So yeah. it really helps us focus on what to build next. Mm -hmm. That's actually very important because as entrepreneurs, you're consistently developing ideas mm -hmm. and have, having a bank of ideas where you can reference and then start upvoting what's the best thing to do yeah. is a great way of like having a storage bank mm -hmm. so people are continuously like editing but coming up with the best idea people have. feel like owners of the product yeah like they yeah. actually like i feel like i'm, I'm you're equity in something that i actually imagined to make yeah and it's really cool because the, the system will automatically let you know if you mm -hmm. requested a feature or you upvoted it once we release it you'll get notified automatically saying hey mm -hmm. this feature just got released so you like you said you feel like you're part of i'm part of the, the process evolution yeah, yeah. 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 that's really interesting one thing that you keep saying that i find very interesting is the customers are saying this, customers are saying that, right? Mm -hmm. How do you decipher between noise versus real solid customer feedback? Yeah, it's, it's tricky. The idea board is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, idea board is just, we try to funnel everybody through the idea board. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like that's a good way of kind of filtering. Hey, if, if you're really serious about this, about this, you'll take you know the two minutes to go in and click, click, click and leave mm -hmm. your idea. If you're just mm -hmm. ranting, you're going to send me an email say, I want this feature. I'm going to cancel if, it, if you don't build it. Uh, you probably, you know, you're going to cancel anyways, probably. <laughs> right. So, you know, funneling them there. Plus it helps us organize. We sort by, you know, most popular votes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, like I've always had this vision for repurpose from the beginning. It's like this central platform that you can connect everything to it and then you decide where your content goes. Send it from here to here, do this, convert to audio to video, back it up to Dropbox, whatever. You can do a million things. So you're in control. So it's like almost like the headquarters for your content. Mm -hmm. um, so if something comes in that doesn't align, or hey, can you add a button to so we can live stream from repurpose? Mm -hmm. That's not part of our, our vision, yeah. right? Or, so we filter those out. So it is tricky, especially in the beginning, mm -hmm. because a lot of people... Just, I want this, I want that. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I want to help everybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, you know, we got to, now I'm learning to filter. Like, what's, okay, this is a good idea. Let's put on a back burner. This is a great idea, but it's not technically possible. Like, there's no way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this is a, okay, okay idea. Let's wait how many people upvote it. It will help us know if that's really worth building or not. Mm. Well, well, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, what was that moment for repurpose that where it hit like critical mass where that you launched the platform, people were using it, but you know, at this point, things just really started like taking up yeah. and taking over and it started becoming like, okay, this is repurpose.io. You cannot live without it. Yeah. So I think basically our TikTok integration, once we focus on short form content, because mm -hmm. TikTok and other short, like yeah, reels and shorts, they're all about two years ago. Well, you know, a year and a half ago, we integrated TikTok into our platform. Before then, 
we were doing okay. We're cruising. We had all the features. And then we, we integrated that. And then I think I was telling you Alex's story. And went, once we integrated that feature, once I was studying, got on TikTok, studied what a common problem is, mm -hmm. and I figured out how we can fix it and, or automate it and repurpose, I started going in and commenting on other people's videos. People would talk about, oh, look at this great way. Uh, you can go here, copy here, do this. Da, 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 da. You can get the video without the watermark. And then I'd be like, wow, this is actually a more automated way. Try it for free. It's called repurpose.io. And I was, so I was going in one video at a time and just commenting, 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 commenting. I don't want to say spamming because I don't think it was spam. I was still offering value. It's like, hey, this is another way of doing it. It's more automated. You're doing things that don't scale. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing things that don't scale. But I think that really helped. Once people got caught wind of it, they started doing the same thing because people mm -hmm. on TikTok love sharing like the Tips, coolest hacks. hacks. Like here's the coolest hack yeah. that will automate this. It'll save you so much time. So that was April of last year. That's mm -hmm. when repurpose. Like made it. I would say made it. It entered a new stratosphere dimension. I would say yeah. because it started like everybody was talking for a while. Now it's quieted down, but for a while everyone was talking about repurpose, mm -hmm. repurpose, repurpose. Remove the watermark mm -hmm. and send it to send it to Shorts, send it to Reels, send it to Snapchat. Like as we added more integration, people are like, oh, I can send it to Snapchat now. Oh, I can send it to Instagram Stories. I can send it to Instagram Reels. So mm. as we integrated TikTok, the timing is everything. All the stars aligned. Because the timing, we added TikTok, and then Shorts came out, and then Reels opened up their API so you can publish to it all around the same time. So as soon as we added TikTok, a few months later, Instagram decided to open up their their interface so developers can push to Reels. Mm -hmm. Boom! We we were like one of the literally one of the first to integrate into a software, mm -hmm. uh, and then um, well, then Snapchat had some people are asking for Snapchat. Hey, they pay a lot of money for creators. Can you add Snapchat? Mm -hmm. We went in. I think honestly, we were one of the first. Like we were talking to the guys there, and they're like, we've had this for a while. Nobody's really integrated this. It's not really public on their website. Like their developer That's docs, it's not like very obvious. Mm -hmm. um, but I know I was looking at, into it one day, and I found it. I was like, oh, okay. And we integrated. Like anyway, we like jumped on things quickly. YouTube, obviously, we already had YouTube integration, so the shorts was already done. But yeah, we just kept all the stars aligned and. Uh, it's like people just love the fact that they can just upload to one platform mm. and not have to worry about it and it goes everywhere else mm. so yeah as like content becomes like the main thing like everyone's all about content 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 yeah. right and new SaaS products are coming out for people to like have ease of content so what are you doing what are you and your team thinking about on how you're gonna really position yourselves to differentiate yourself from other platforms where okay i can upload my youtube video and make a clip mm -hmm. but um where, what's your selling point that you're selling to your creators that repurpose has your back when you want to do this specific thing yes so it's 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 one slash two things so mm -hmm. one is the fact that you can not, not have to do any extra work to get it to different platforms so and you don't have to change how you do it so there's tools out there that I can upload to social media scheduling tool yeah. and it will push it out to TikTok and to reels and to whatever. But creators don't like that. Like they have, they want native, like they want to fire a video, just go to TikTok, edit it quickly. Boom. Natively just push from their phone to TikTok. They don't want to upload to another app. Mm -hmm. So that's our angle is, Hey, don't change how you're doing it. You keep doing what you're doing. You just post to TikTok the way you do it. You just manage distribution. And then we just take care. We'll, we'll take it from here yeah. automatically. So that's one advantage. And the second advantage is your whole library. Like If I've never been on YouTube, I have a thousand TikTok videos. I can connect TikTok to YouTube and say, hey, you know what? Every day, drop one of my old TikToks to YouTube. So I'm like, I'm building a whole new audience, one mm -hmm. video at a time, uh, dripping it out to YouTube oh, wow. and start building up my Snapchat and start building up my Twitter feed, all automatically. You don't have to even create new content. So yeah. those are two things. New content you push out goes automatically out, mm -hmm. and then your whole backlog, you can schedule that. You can just, we have a new feature. We just launched it actually this week. So you can say every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 9 a.m., publish one to Twitter. Yeah, that's a game changer. Or X, oh, sorry. That's a game changer. Then, <laughs> six o'clock, send one to YouTube Shorts. Every day, every day. So you have, you basically, you're being consistent on every platform, exactly when you want it, mm -hmm. based on your entire catalog of videos you've already made. So you don't have to make even make new content. 
There's distribution. distribution. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. We don't change. I've always had this theory of if you tell someone, hey, change the way you're making this podcast. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, no, I already have my system in place. If Mm -hmm. I just say, you just upload your podcast or your video to whatever platform and we'll take it from there. Mm -hmm. There's less friction that way. So A lot less. A lot less. Awesome. This podcast is brought to you by Lather. Lather is a men's grooming line focused on using natural ingredients along with their invincible line. I highly suggest it. It makes you smell damn good. So now, one thing you mentioned is this, you know, working with creators and how creators are spending the word, right? Now, as the waves go in and out, you still want to maintain consistency with the business. So Mm -hmm. I guess you want to pay for ads, get influencers to work with. You know, how has that process been for you? Yeah, we've... um We've worked with a few influencers who are making content for us. Uh, we're running ads on existing content on TikTok mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's worked well. Um, we're running uh, Google ads as well. We started doing Google ads. Uh, we're kind of experimenting and what's working. We're going to keep, keep doing more. Of. Uh, mm-hmm. So Google, Google ads have been working. Let's just go with that, right? Mm-hmm. And then we've been trying tiktok ads on other people's platform like other people's videos spark posts yeah uh, i don't know if it's spark posts or I, I think i don't know it's through the ads i don't we have a i have a guy on our team who does it okay. but i can request you hey can you give me your code mm-hmm. authorize me to use your video mm-hmm. you get a ton of views and you know we drive traffic to your video it's still your video on your channel but then there's a call to action to sign up mm-hmm. to repurpose mm-hmm. and then we're doing that with instagram uh, we just started doing that with Instagram, I think, a week or two ago. Mm. Um, and then we're also working, we've worked with a few creators who are just sending us videos now that we're going to use as ads and also as native content. Mm. And I got, I'm getting back into making more videos. I started, like, when, when we got onto TikTok, I started making all the videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was great, but it's just, I ran out of time. <laughs> yeah. So the consistency factor slowed down. So we got someone else to do the videos on YouTube and a few other platforms. And then we got someone to do our TikToks, but it just, it wasn't the, quite the right fit. Mm-hmm. So I want to get back into it. But the reality is it's, it's, it's hard for me to do, make all the videos. So sure. we'll, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But I love it. Like I love, I love teaching. I love showing like here, check this out, check this out. But I don't want to, we don't want to make videos always about repurpose. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's the challenge. I want to, we want to educate. Like we're all about giving creators as much value as possible. If every video is about, hey, check out Repurpose, you can automate this. Like, yeah. that, you know, I'm not Repurpose learning anything really. It yeah, becomes yeah. like more of a commercial than a video. So yeah. we're trying to focus our channels on more education. We do have a podcast that I don't run, but someone who runs uh, and they interview customers and not about Repurpose, but about what their specialty is. If you're mm-hmm. a you know, short form video creator expert, you teach about that. So we're, we're trying to offer value that way yeah amazing um one thing i want to talk about is on the topic of creators right how do you find the big paying creators you know because i find it very interesting um and it's good to have somebody on the opposite side you mm-hmm. talk to a lot of creators when it comes to how they're going with approaching brand deals but it would be good to hear um your side in terms of where you see the industry going and where you see like the leverage points going for creators that are listening to the show yeah, I'll be honest, like we get, at least for a while, I was getting a lot, of, like just every, every week I was getting inbound email. And in the beginning, I, I, I was ignorant. Like I didn't know. I was like, hey, let's I'd like to partner up. I'm like, all right, what does partner up mean? Cool, let's have a call. <laughs> oh, okay. You want me to pay you to do videos for your purpose? Okay. Well, I don't know. You, I don't know you yet. I check your portfolio, like your videos. And I don't know, for a while I was saying, we were saying no, 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 no. Like I'd entertain the idea that I'm like, no, not you know, not ready yet. Like I still wanted to be the face of the videos, mm-hmm. and then, but like looking at it now, like the ones that do well are when other people talk about the product, not mm-hmm. when I talk about the product, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Nobody wants to see like the company itself talk about its own products. They they believe it when they see other people mm-hmm. talking about the product. So, mm-hmm. um, in the meantime, we've hired a head of growth for the company, and he's been like we've worked with one or two people are actually working with somebody new right now and i saw a couple of videos today and i was like man that's bang on like it's when you're good you're good like you deliver the content you say it short clear and you show the value it's like wow like 
when there's a fit, there's a fit. So yeah, we call that having the sniper mentality. Okay, you don't gotta coach it. It's just like it just you have it or you don't have yeah. it at all. Yeah, and and we don't have time to be like, no, no, change this, no, change that. It's like you deliver like, bam, that pop, like damn, you nailed it right there. Let's let's do more of these. Like yeah. life is so easy when you have that. When you have the, yeah. those right people, yeah. yeah. Exactly. We we just hired somebody. I'm my editor. Shout out! Shout out to. Our guy, Abdarouf. Abdarouf. Yeah. You know, he is killing it with the edits. Like, people are hitting us up, like, yo. Even my sister hit me up today. Yeah. I think she messaged yeah. the 24 7 hustle account. Go follow us on IG if you're not already. Yeah. And then it's like, yo, bro, like, I love this new edits. It's like, I love how vulnerable you are. Like, I need to see this more of you. You know, because she just sees me as like, oh, yeah, that's big bro, you know, because I got to be strong for her and my yeah. sisters. So for me to like talk about that crying clip yeah. it's like yo man you guys need to do more of that with these kind of edits and transitions man that's sick uh such a good moment i, was, yeah. I felt proud you know when someone says your content is nice yeah oh yeah 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 no but you're but you're saying like having the right person mm-hmm. it's something that you just it, cl- it has to click right away you yeah. can't force it yeah. if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and if you don't have a good vibe from the beginning it's like you can't force it yeah so yeah no yeah. it's it's yeah. cool having the right person on your team or like that's a big gem it's a big, big gems big yeah. yeah yeah higher for that sniper first round draft pick yeah 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 it's it's difficult and um but yeah once you know it you know it right you feel it you feel the connection mm-hmm. like man this person is delivering exactly what i want mm-hmm. they get me they get me right yeah. so if i was a creator then would that be the right way to approach you like hey you know what i'll make a video for free and show you the sniper Thinking that oh he's actually good, would that be a way, or would it be like? I I hate, you know I don't like asking for anything for free. Like Mm. like, everyone deserves like you you put the time to shoot the video, you got to get compensated for it. Mm. So the way we found this person, I didn't even find. I wasn't even involved in the process. Mm. Our our head of growth, he he's the one that I'm not sure. No, I think it was a customer. I think it was a customer. He reached out. Hey, I love repurpose, and. He reached out to our head of growth and anyway, I don't know. They had a conversation over Twitter and you know, all I know is today I saw two videos. I was like, man, these are bang on. These are exactly simple, not hy- not hypey, not too like flashy, just straight to the point. But, you know, he, then the content just flowed. So, but we've already paid, like we've already paid, made the arrangement and then he delivered mm-hmm. on the arrangement. So I guess we took a chance. But I guess our, our head of growth must have looked at his videos and, and, and did from a his previous history, did scouting and said, okay, this guy's good. Like, they got to fit your brand. Like, we, I don't know, we have like this vision. We, we're value first and we want to help people. We're not like over hypey, like, oh, we're this, this, that, that. We're just like, you know, we're here to help. We have a tool that helps you save a lot of time. And we want someone to teach and deliver value, not to be like, causing too much attention or drama or flashiness and that's not our brand Mm -hmm. so it's i guess you have to align yourself with the brand so if you're more of like outgoing and you know have you know wild and crazy dance moves and whatever it is not dance moves but like if your character is your character has to match the brand with a brand to to go ahead with it you know from where kaisenat you heard of him kaisenat one of the biggest Mm -hmm. streamers okay no i was He's like the, that exact thing where he's like very all over the place, yeah, very eccentric. So I guess we, I get what you're saying. You're like more like all right, calm, but to the point, you know, more efficient, more like Apple, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we're still a fun brand, like in a sense, like we're not like a serious. You know, we're still a, a relatively medium-sized brand, but mm-hmm. I guess like one thing we look for is the fit. Like mm-hmm. if your content and your style fits our you know the way we operate in terms of our you know our mission statement of like delivering value and just customer first helping people like that that vibe so yeah but it's hard it's hard to decide it's hard. you can't tell by one or two videos but yeah yeah but when you see somebody you just know like okay this this guy is worth or this girl's worth a try like it's worth investing i would never ask for anything for free like if people send something for free i'm grateful for it but i don't I, I don't feel right. Like I don't say, hey, send me a video and then we'll talk. Then it's like, you've already spent the time to make it. That That's not fair to the creator. I like that. I like that. That's a good trade. Yeah. 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 All right. So I'll start repurpose. You know, we talked a lot about repurpose. I'll start repurpose. What do you do? Like, what are some of the things you're into? Um, I coach my daughters basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, then they both play basketball at the, you know, 
like not in school, and but I coach them. And actually, the season's starting up pretty soon, so I'm excited to go back into that. Uh, what else do I do? It's interesting because I don't know if I was having a conversation with you or with somebody else. I've had this conversation before where my like repurpose is my hobby, mm-hmm. and it's not healthy. Sometimes it's like it's my hobby slash my obsession slash because I love it and I'm always thinking about it. I I struggle to find a hobby mm-hmm. outside of work work um it's hard it's hard for me and um so the coaching is a good thing on saturdays we go out um, four hours on a basketball court my youngest i coach her and then we play one hour coaching one hour game my oldest back to back one hour coaching one hour game great my mind is off of work i love i'm doing stuff i love basketball Mm -hmm. but besides that's only three four months a year Mm -hmm. Ah, oh, man, I'm trying to think. No, mm-hmm. I don't have like a hobby that I can go. I don't read as much as I'd like to read. I've never got into reading. Like mm-hmm. I listen to audiobooks. I prefer to listen than to read. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we go, I used to go for walks longer, like just get my mind off things. Even that slowed down. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm still in the, in the search for a hobby. And yeah. uh, something came up, scuba diving came up, this topic of scuba diving. And I loved scuba diving when I was yeah, way back going out to like you know vacation resorts and we go scuba diving so i don't know maybe that could be the thing <laughs> yeah it's just no, a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs you know struggle with that yeah you know, i know i definitely have where i'm just like seven days a week like enthralled just head first deep into mm-hmm. you know the business and trying to figure it out you know trying to fix things there's always a problem yes you know not being able to to, to come up for it for air you know, it's a real problem that a lot of entrepreneurs have, you know. Um, I've tried, like, playing soccer. Mm-hmm. That's one of the solutions. Yeah. You know, trying to go out with friends. But, like, I, I feel like as you grow older, it becomes a lot tougher to like, maintain those relationships as you're so enthralled in both your your business and your family, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true, right. The family. That's, that's But one thing I've drawn the line maybe six months ago or maybe a year ago now is that I'm getting 90, 95% of the time weekends. It's off. I'm getting good at disconnecting, like mm. not, not just not working, like just not checking email, not doing, not checking Slack, not, not just not checking anything that's work related, and just being present, like like saying with the family, and mm. I'm I'm getting a lot better at that. Mm. Um, not hundred percent yet, but you know, there's emergencies that come up during the weekend, mm. but now, which makes Mondays a little difficult. I'm not gonna lie, because <laughs> Mondays comes in, you're like. Oh, I had such a great like mental break, and then it's like, poof, it just hits you. You're like back. Mm-hmm. I'm back at it again. It's, you know, dealing with all you know the highs and the lows. Right? Mm-hmm. There's always ups and downs. It's not. It's not always up here. Yeah. There's problems, and then there's wow. We just did this. That's amazing. And we just released this feature. I love it. I'm excited. So, was there ever a yeah. time uh, you thought repurpose was gonna like shut down, or like it was close to? No, I can't. No, I didn't. Th- I mean, we were the way we started. It's like we never took any funding. I think we're just self funded. So, like, oh, nice. I, those WordPress plugins that I built, mm-hmm. like, before Repurpose, it was just kind of like extra cash that I used to invest into building, hiring, you know, the, the new developers and start building that infrastructure. So, I never. How much money did you make off, off the WordPress plugin that you could? Then- no, it was gradual because they were like subscription based. Okay. And th- they were growing. So, I, the first one, I don't know, we made like maybe 10 grand, like not much. Mm. Like it wasn't a lot of money, but it was a good starting point. And then we're like, okay, let's hire a customer support person. Mm. Okay. And then as that one was going, we started building another, I started building another one and then it started making money. And so it wasn't a lot of money, but it was enough to like, you know, hire one developer, get some basic servers going mm. and start building this thing. A lot of it was my time, like yeah. my time and developer's time. So it was just sweat the two of us. Yeah. And even now it's still <laughs> a lot of sweat equity, but it was, I never felt like we were always like, we didn't have any debt. Like we were just started with a little yeah. bit of funding from the other products yeah. and they were still going feeding in server costs and all that stuff. But uh, you know, in the beginning, it, having an audience is actually a good tip. If you have an audience, before you build something big, just build something small. And then from there, you can go ahead and like sell or resell that bigger thing to the smaller audience. But start with a small audience, 
because if you start with zero, it's really difficult, mm -hmm. really difficult to start with zero. So when I first launched my first software, that's why I partnered with somebody. But not uh, and then the second, third, fourth and repurposed, uh, I did it on my own with the help, like with the audience that kind of grew. So I, I built the repurpose was almost like an extension of the, of the first of the original and, yeah and the audience is kind of the same audience low-key mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so, yeah. So, so absolutely you like a, got to double dip because you had a partnership mm -hmm. you had the people come in from that partnership and then they're like all right cool what else can you give me and you just started doing your own thing exactly. it's like a growing baby yeah, yeah. letting fed every the, single stage i'll tell you something the irony of all, all the the awesome part of all this yeah. is that partner that helped me launch is our, my head of growth now for repurpose oh. so we reconnected like seven eight years later and now he's part of the team which is awesome because i loved working mm -hmm. with him in the beginning and now he's part of the team so sometimes things happen for a reason and yeah. we can we're kind of back to full circle okay mm. so one thing i want to ask like what's the scale of repurpose now like how many employees do you have you know if you could give like a ballpark are you guys in like the eight figures nine figures uh we have about 20 people okay. uh, across marketing support development team growth team etc mm -hmm. uh revenue i don't feel comfortable sharing okay. Okay. <laughs> um but we're we're growing the past couple of years have been growing pretty yeah. quickly fairly gotcha. probably our, our hottest years in the past couple of years gotcha. uh, and going so I'll stay away from that subject if that's okay with you. <laughs> all, right, all right, fair, fair. So um, I, I'll just assume high eight. You know what I'm saying? Is that, is that fair? Uh, that's probably too high. <laughs> too high? Okay. Not quite there yet. Right, okay, cool, um, but cool, cool. we're we're on our way. We have a very on good trajectory. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, you know, moving along. One of the things that I think is interesting too is um, you kind of play in this interesting lane up between creator and business creator, right? Do you guys find yourself more so going for the smaller creators or like the enterprise businesses as like the bigger lever to pull to grow more, your, grow your business? Yeah, that's a great question. So we were starting with, our whole goal was to help the small creators. Mm -hmm. right? That was repurposed, it was a very low price point, help you automate. Like you don't have to hire a team, you don't have mm -hmm. to have a lot of people doing those at manual posting and editing. And so that was the whole goal. So mm -hmm. we still, we're, I wanna say 90% of our customers are still the, small to medium creators who don't have a big team um, so we still attract those but we are starting to attract a lot more agencies as well so now agencies want to sign up their clients manage all their clients um, so we've we're building more tools for agencies now like mm. just to make it easier for them to onboard their clients mm -hmm. uh, but still i wouldn't say you know 80 85 90 percent is still the small you know the smaller teams who don't have the big marketing teams uh, mm -hmm. to hire so we're not going for enterprise but our version of enterprise is i guess the agency so any agency who who wants to manage their clients uh we have a bunch of those on you know using repurpose and we're just we're going to start focusing more on making that easier for them mm -hmm. like one example is if you want to if you're an agency and you want to get your client to connect their social media uh, connections you'd have normally you'd have to ask them for their username and password and some customers don't want to give their YouTube name and password. We're so we're working on a way where you can just send them a link. They connect all their social media channels to your account, mm -hmm. so that they don't have to give you the password, but you they authentic authenticate to repurpose directly. Stuff like that to make it easier, make the process easier for agencies to get their clients on board. Mm, like I said, being a big win, most definitely. What else is next for repurpose? Oh man, so much. We have a new version of the platform. We showed a sneak peek about a month ago um completely redesigned from the inside and the outside mm -hmm. it's going to look a lot cleaner it's going to be a lot simpler to use mm -hmm. and then that's end of this year early next year you start seeing that coming out which then we can start building a lot more of the ai that we want to do like we're going to build a lot of like we're automation heavy a little bit of ai now we're going to be a lot more ai like things like to me ai is just a tool to solve problems that we couldn't solve before without ai like we could but we'd have to hire and figure out all the hard stuff now with the tools out there we can make things easier like a perfect example is tiktok if you put a copyrighted song that's allowed on tiktok but when you repurpose it to youtube 
YouTube may flag you, hey, this is a copyrighted song. We're looking for a way, we have a way to take the music out of that song mm -hmm. without taking your voice, just the music, and before you repost it to YouTube so that you can still use the same video without getting flagged on YouTube. So things like that, like solutions to problems that people, that creators are having when you repurpose. Uh, another one is when you do clips, we're going to help you automate that stuff a little bit more to help you recommend, like take a whole long hour video, give you 10, 15 clips. Hey, these might be good clips. Mm -hmm. Then you can go in and like, you know, fine tune it if you want, but yeah. just using more of AI to help you speed up the process. Exactly. That's yeah. dope, man. Yeah, I'm and excited. You know, you've come a long way. And one of the things that I think is interesting too is the fact that you're bootstrapped. You're a tech company with no real funding, mm -hmm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, do you suggest that to entrepreneurs like as a main strategy or you think that funding is necessity? I, I've never received funding. So I, I obviously it's not to me. It's not it's not my first go to. Like I I'm a simple person. Like I built the WordPress plugins. It was like a hobby. Like it was like, let me build this tool. Let's see what happens kind of thing. And then it started making money and then repurpose was funded by that. So my instinct is like build something small, build an audience and then build something small and then build something a little bit bigger and then something a little bit bigger for two reasons. One, we talked about like once you have an audience, you can sell them more. Mm -hmm. But two, it's like you need to you need to experience it. Like and when you build if you try to build something this big the first time around, you're going to you're going to might fall on you might fall on your face because I learned a lot from the small tools. I learned, oh man, we got to hire a support person. Oh man, we got to do this. So we got to have this server and this and that. Whatever. You got you learn so much by building something small. And then you what you learn from here, you take it to the next level, next level. Mm -hmm. So always start small. Even if you're like I was talking to somebody recently and she was asking my advice. She was like, "Oh, I want to build this software that does this, this, this. You've built repurpose, right? Tell me. I'd love to have a chat with you. I'm like, yeah, sure. She's a customer and she's building something completely different. But I told her, I'm like, can you, how do you take your whole idea? Like pick one feature. Mm -hmm. Can you make that a Chrome, ex Chrome extension or a little, a little tool? Build that first mm -hmm. and see A, if people want it and then B, learn from that and expand on it. Don't try Go to build this brick. thing and then spend a year and then nobody wants it. Or you get stressed, stressed out and you're like, I can't, like it's too expensive. I can't keep up with the cost. So anyway, the lesson for me is, biggest lesson I learned is always start small. And don't, you don't always know the end game. Like I did not know, when I built the first tool, I did not know I'm gonna build repurpose. Mm -hmm. It just evolved and people asked for it. It's an evolution and you have a vision, but you don't know where you're going to end up and you don't have mm -hmm. to know. Just, mm -hmm. just start, get your foot in the door and start. Yeah. Bridge of incidents, right? Huh? Bridge, Bridge, Bridge of incidents. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, on top of repurpose, I mean, it sounds like you hit the right product at the right time. Yeah. Uh, it's serving the market really well, but what about you, Hanny? You know, you talk about evolving the product a lot and a lot, but how do you evolve yourself as an entrepreneur? Like what do those oh. days to days look like? And um, that's a very how do you attack question. your own personal growth? Because <laughs> if you're leading a company, what are some of those things that you're doing to challenge yourself to take yourself to the next level so you can be yeah. innovative, be a better leader? Yeah, that's good. That's a good question. I, I, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on that, but that's something that I recognize that I need to. Like mm -hmm. now, as it, like you said, as a team grows bigger, you have to be a leader. Um, even if you don't know all the answers, they, you know, your team comes to you for an answer. You have mm -hmm. to, you know, you have to make decisions quickly and you have to, you know, guide people in the right way. But, um, yeah, that's something I, I'm realizing now, like, mm -hmm. like we having, we weren't always at 20 people. We were like me and two, me and a developer and then became three, then became four. But recently we've hired a lot of people to join a team. So I'm at that stage now where like, you know, I need to, I need to be aware of how I'm acting, how I'm, how my team, you know, perceives, perceives me and my actions because it's it makes a difference, right? How I, you know, if I something happens and I freak out, then the whole team's gonna freak mm -hmm. out. Um, so if something happens and I'm like, all right, no worry, guys, we got this. We just gotta do this, this, this. So yeah, I'm being I'm becoming more aware of it right now. Do you, Do you find like within circles of like because 
at your space, your caliber of like being a CEO, right? You must hang out with other founders as well too. Do you find they also struggle with that, taking a step back off the product and thinking, I got to invest time in myself. Uh-huh. I got to invest time in how can I be a better leader? How do people operate at that level where you're like running like a high functioning product like Repurpose? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I just I look back and I'm like, man, how did we get here? Like, yeah. you know, it just like, went by so it so went quick. by so quickly. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, yeah, when I do talk to other entrepreneurs, there's it's the same. Like, they're usually like I'm a tech. My background is technical, and I think that's a good thing and a bad thing. Mm. So in the beginning, it was a great thing because when there was a problem, I jump in or I could piece ideas together really quickly. Now, when there's a problem, my instinct is to jump in, but uh, a, I don't even know the code anymore. Like it's to the point where I, I won't be able to do anything in there. Mm. But B, it's just not. It's just a mentality shift. I say, okay, it's not like how am I going to fix this? Is it has to be more like who's going to fix it? Like who's responsible for fixing it? How do we put the right systems in place? I'm writing a whole lot of SOPs now. I, I find myself like every day I'm writing something. SOPs, man. Uh, I, I I hate them, but I love them at the same time. When I'm done writing, I'm like, man, this is amazing. This is going to be. I never have to think about this ever again. But when you're doing it, you're like, oh, man, it's what so a chore. Exactly. I don't like this. Yeah. But yeah, I'm finding myself like thinking like who's going to do it? Who's Which team? Do I have the right people in the team? Maybe we need another person in this role. Starting to think like, again, stepping out of the the day-to-day. Mm. And uh, when a situation happens, I'm like, okay, yeah. who's going to handle it? Is there an SOP for it? And, you know, how do we prevent it from next time like should mm. we maybe we need another person another support person another developer another yeah. whatever so yeah i'm starting to think things differently than it used to be yeah let me just jump in and help the, the dev team now i'm like i can't as much as i love to mm-hmm. i can't <laughs> yeah yeah leadership is extremely key it's yeah. hard it's, it's hard. hard especially when like, like I said, i'm a technical background so mm-hmm. I, I love geeking out on like api documentation and like this cool technology and cool ai and i was like you know i still do that i give myself some space to like Mm -hmm. tinker with like new technology enough to like you know keep my finger on the pulse so like okay this is a new tech maybe we can integrate this but it's not as much as before it has to be like just a little bit and then okay hand it off to Mm -hmm. you know the experts to Mm -hmm. to implement yeah what what are some of those challenges of like leading people like for people who are building teams like from day one yeah. Uh, as you reflect back, like now 20 people plus growing, where do you see like your leadership skills evolving to? And if you could look back from where you started and the people listening, because we talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs listen to our show. What are some of those things you can tell them to start early? Hey, start doing this to work mm-hmm. on those leadership skills. So even if you are technical, mm-hmm. you should be continuously thinking about this in conjunction with being the tech guy coding and building the platform? Yeah, that's a great question. I would, if I look back, I would say like getting the right people early. Like I've made mistakes where I've hired the wrong developer in the beginning. You know, we, we literally spun, wheels are spinning and nothing's getting done for four months. And then you're like, all right, I gotta cut the cord now. So if you gotta cut the cord, cut it early. <laughs> like if you have the wrong person on your team. But for me, like I, it's a mentality of, like, I think I mentioned earlier, my cousin taught me this thing recently. He's like, it's who, it's who's going to do it, not how. Like mm-hmm. the question you should ask yourself is, and when you're small, you can't do that, obviously. But as you're starting to grow, I got to think, okay, who's, whose responsibility is this? Who's taking ownership of this? Okay. It's not me. Like as a CEO, I have to be able to rely on a layer of, of, below me on my team that are responsible for each division so mm-hmm. once you start thinking like that again not the first day or second day but when you have two or three people you guys start thinking okay who's who's responsible for this not not how am i going to solve this problem who's going to solve this problem um, it's like so, being like a coach not like a coach like yeah you, you can't jump on the court and like, start like you, you gotta know, have a playbook on it yeah you gotta know who your strengths the stars are like where to position them what uh-huh. place to run which day to run those plays yeah like a defense like another competitor coming in the in the mix that's All a great right. analogy that's you a know? great analogy. i love that you one. gotta we're going up against this okay we gotta get our defense which is like a feature or some sort of like marketing tactic yeah. you gotta use right yeah. so 
I guess like being a CEO is like being a coach uh, more so and like readjusting yeah. your offense and defense each and every single day with like a whole different squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost actually, I would say even like a GM maybe. Like you're like a Maasai pretty yeah, much. Yeah. You have to like pick the, the, the people to play. To play role. in the role, right? You know and be able to like yeah. give them like a 10-day contract and like, you know, nip it in the butt as soon as you see, hey, you're not, you ain't cutting it. You're, you're not cutting, cutting it yeah. anymore, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And having, having like, good leaders on your team too like like good generals hiring the head of head of growth has been like greatest move because Mm -hmm. it freed up a lot of my time you know he's he's responsible for all the growth activity including the marketing and the support and and he he manages who gets hired and like it just took off like a whole i I was approving every single email every single video that went out i was like i can't Mm -hmm. look at all this stuff it's like and if i do look at it it's like yeah it looks good like i'm not giving it enough justice to look Mm -hmm. at it so Somebody, like, he literally took half my workload away by just managing those two departments. And I was managing, you know, the operations and also managing the product manager who manages the dev team. So I still had my finger on the pulse because we're building a whole new platform and there's some big decisions to be made there. And So I'm still involved in that from a high level, but it freed up my time to think that way. So hiring, like, not just people to execute, but people who are, thinkers like strategic thinkers who can say okay i can lead this part of the company or the team mm-hmm. and that's that's important yeah and i think that's what makes great ceos i think they're they're great recruiters more more so than anything because you can probably come up with like a b plus product but if you got a plus players working on that product you can compete with a product that was already good to begin yeah. with right so I think that's what I'm taking away from this is that you got to be a great recruiter of talent and being able to see through, okay, this person might not be a good interviewer, but I can see something within them that they can actually do this job. They can lead people. They can delegate. They can, mm. they can actually bring something where I can just be hands off mm-hmm. and I just actually get the reports and status updates of what they're doing to make sure things are going well. Yeah, absolutely. That's where, that's where you need to be. That's, you need to have hands off things get done without you asking it to get Mm -hmm. done and you know you get notified when it's really when you really need to get notified like when there's something that's Mm -hmm. really beyond everyone's control that it comes to you but yeah you have everybody you have the right team to deal with it and enough almost like enough buffer between the customers and you you. the (laughs) Uh, challenge just comes like okay how can i trust these people with my baby because the way you're making it sounds like repurpose is like your it is is everything (laughs) so it's like giving it to someone be like okay Run with it, take care of it, and make something out of yeah. it. Yeah, I, I in the beginning, support was hard for me. Like yeah. hiring support was hard because, you know, I knew the software inside out, so I knew how to address all the technical issues. And the person who we hired didn't at the mm-hmm. moment. He was, he was just learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I hated doing support. I not hated. It's I love I love talking to the customers. I actually love having conversations with the customers. Mm-hmm. I what took me down was like. There was something in me like if I couldn't help that person, mm-hmm. I felt like I was letting them down. I was like, and I was, it, it would really affect me. I was like, oh, this person's disappointed. They, you know, they had a problem, and I couldn't help them, right? And I was especially in the beginning. I was like, I wanted to help everybody. Yeah, and I was like, you're the savior. Yeah, but I was like, it, it was like, it was. I don't want to say depressing, but it was bringing me down. Like I wouldn't get joy. Like I would get joy when I have an idea and I see it come to life. Yes, we just released a new feature. I'm so excited. I don't want to get excited about how much customers we have. I get excited about new features because it's going to help so many people. And then I get one bad or you know negative comment uh, in a support chat. And I'm like, then I go in, I dive in. I'm trying to figure out how to help this person. And then it just brings like the energy down. And mm-hmm. I found like I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I need someone to take over support so I can. Otherwise, I'm just going to be going down this rabbit hole of mm-hmm like be down emotionally down where did, did you see that as like a reflection of you because yeah you take yeah that, in know? the beginning it's like i let this person down yeah. or i i mean i i know like the software is not perfect i know yeah. every software has glitches has issues yeah. you know we connect to six seven eight ten different social media platforms mm-hmm. if the facebook server goes down for 10 seconds our software can't post to it mm-hmm. customers hey why did they fail to instagram well, it was not our fault. It was anyway, it's a million things that can go wrong because it's not just, it's complicated, integrated system. 
but I take it personally. Like you said, I take it personally. It's like it's Hanny's fault. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I let this person down. And it's not like, oh no, I lost a customer. It's like, I don't, it's not like, it's not a money thing. It's like a personal thing. Like you said. It's like a trust. They trusted me. They trusted me. They signed up for this. They tried it. They're disappointed. I got to make it better. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, you know, we do, we do improve. But in the beginning, I was thinking way too personal. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, and it'll be a distraction. Like it'd be like one small thing that would go down. We're trying to build something amazing here. And I'm like, I end up shifting my focus to that one issue that mm-hmm. only one customer had. And I spent like half a day on it. I was like, wait, that's not good use of my time. Mm-hmm. So I needed to put that buffer between me and customer support. And, you know, we had the right, we had the right, now we have six people doing support. But at the time it was one person. He was very good. I trained him really well. Like I showed him all the tricks and how to, check all the logs and this and so you can really help the customer and that was that's been great because i don't have to get into support ever again <laughs> we have enough people in there that know what they're doing and if it they needs help from the technical like um, developers it goes to the product manager then it goes to developers then it comes to me if mm-hmm. nobody can figure it out which is rarely the case yeah, <laughs> yeah there's this one uh ceo uh, pipeline signals like when i was working at vidyard I recently bought his course so we can know how to like hire better. And one of the key things he says is that you got to have like the, the two, one method, right? So you come with a problem. You say, okay, Owen, Alex, this is a situation. These are two. So two, one is okay. This is the problem. These are two solutions that I thought about and why I think we should do them. But if you don't like, two of these solutions i'm open to suggestions but give me the power to make to implement these two suggestions based on what i've showed you of how we can fix this problem so you as a ceo when you hear that you're like okay the problem is this the two possible solutions are that you're empowered to make a decision because either those decisions i'm good with or lastly you can come and say you know what let me add to that so now your bandwidth of thinking has like mm-hmm. is not really being consumed with what this problem is, making it easier for you. And it gives them the ownership of taking care of things by themselves. So yeah. they don't have to run to you each and every single time that something's hitting the fan. It's like you empower them to come to with to problems with solutions. And you're like the last decision maker yeah if all else fails i like i love that actually so you come to me with two solutions and i'll Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you you know i'll give you my input on which one i think is a good one yeah but but it was it was you know your when you came to me you had the solution exactly i I love that i love that yeah so it makes his job easier and uh it gives everyone a stake into solving problems so if things go bad okay it's on me Mm because i've trusted you to do what you do best at and that's why I brought you on the team to make those decisions. So it makes it like easier to manage. I like that. Yeah. I yeah. start using that. <laughs> Try that out. Two, one method. Try it. Two, one method. I like yeah. that for yeah. sure. Because uh, sometimes, you know, like I said, they come to me like, okay, what do we do? You tell me. <laughs> you tell me what you're the product <laughs> that's what I manager. Hired you. you tell me. Yeah. You tell me what are the best. <laughs> Give me two options. Of yeah, what two we options. Do. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Absolutely. That's good. And it empowers them too. Like you it said, them. they feel. With that being said, right after today's episode, also what you can't control. So control your grind and control your life. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen Osinde. And I'm Hanny Mora. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace out. Peace out.